The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome in to In This League right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scott Bogman. I am Chris Welsh. We are here for you for three hours. It's a three-hour tour. I, you know, Boggs, I've really failed it's, in my mission to incorporate a three-hour tour into, like, you, the open. You're like the Lou Gehrig of a three-hour tour joke, though. Like, this is the third or fourth show in a row. I think we've made this joke. So. No. Oh, yes. Yeah. We have it's not said the three-hour tour. Yes, we have a hundred times. Well, okay, maybe a hundred times, but not three or four straight shows. Uh, it's at least two straight shows because we did it in the last show. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, you you mentioned it. Uh, you know, uh, we made a joke about my Carl's Jr. bit and people saying, "Oh, your health, blah blah blah," and uh, you're like, "You can't die because fifty percent of the world's podcasts would be unhosted." Yeah. So uh, I could be getting stuff mixed up. That's a possibility. But I don't think I am. Pretty sure we made homeless, this joke last week. Be a homeless podcast would be out there without a, without Bogman. But yeah, I don't know. At some point, I need to do that. Uh, incorporate that. Either way, three hours here, right here for in this league on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Any of it that you miss, you can catch it on the podcast. Highly suggest you go do that and subscribe to us. We are on iHeartRadio and Spotify and all the places. Plus. You can listen to the show live on the Fantasy Sports Radio app and on iHeartRadio. There's a bunch to cover, but I'm pretty sure it all starts with foot and ends with ball. I'm pretty sure that's what the extent (laughs) of everything that we are going to be doing today. So follow along because, Bogman, as you told me, this past week, we have now experienced the final weekend without football until February of 2020. That's right. Football every single weekend moving from this point forward. Are you even ready? I'm not. Dude, You, I think you and I were talking on Thursday, and you were saying something. You're like, yeah, yeah, the Hall of Fame game. And I was like, oh, yeah, when is that? You're like, tonight. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> the game is, what? It's tonight? I had no idea it was already like August. It just... It came completely out of nowhere. I don't know where July there, went. I don't know what happened to June, but apparently football is here and it's August. Everybody's excited about the Hall of Fame game, and we do have stuff to talk about, but I think there might be one game of football 
that is more worthless than the Hall of Fame game, and it's the Pro Bowl. I think that's the only game that is even more worthless. Here, okay, so. I okay. To your point, I was going to say if you had to pair those two out, the redeeming factor of the Hall of Fame game is it is the first football we've gotten in God knows how long. The Pro Bowl is the only game we don't need by any measure of football. I would rather. I, I think I've said this before. I would rather watch a Madden tournament than watch the Pro Bowl. I would rather watch other people play Madden football <laughs> in a stadium if you want. Do a Madden tournament, an eight-bracket-down uh, tournament. I would watch that. I would not watch the Pro Bowl. Paint dry or the Pro Bowl. That's kind of like, uh, that. that's the... If it's, it's multicolored so paint, I'll take the paint, to be honest it's with you. It's not... <laughs> Give me some mushrooms with that paint. I'll watch. The I don't know, man. I might, I might just see what's going on with it, but like it's, it's so tough because nobody plays at all. Like we had, you had to watch Matt Schaub throw quarterbacks and throw quarterbacks or did I say throw quarterbacks. Throw, <laughs> I mean, throw him back it out. It would be way more interesting out. if he was throwing quarterbacks, throwing anything, he's throwing interceptions. He's doing that. But like, I don't know half of the people that played in this game. And we joke about like, yeah, there's, you know, baseball in September. There's some guys that'll pop up and, you know, you you see it in hard knocks or whatever. Of course, there's going to be a player or two. But you go look at the box score of the players that played in the Hall of Fame game. And it it essentially just becomes it's like a key and peel bit like Quadri Allison. I don't know who Uh, that is. Kafafani, Kafafani Muhammad. Uh, well, Kadri Allison uh, was a running back at Pitt. So, and Who Cal Muhammad, uh, Cal Muhammad played at uh, Cal. He was a running back at Cal. Uh, who is Alamidi Zaka Zakachusis? Uh, <laughs> so there, there have been uh, there's been some contentiousness in how to pronounce his name because uh, I'm because just because it's say just I a have, bunch of letters. I have no idea. Uh, I think it's, uh, I called him Olamide Zacchaeus for a long time. Zacchaeus? I heard it's Olamide Zacchaeus. So, but he's kind of like a tweener between a running back and a wide receiver. He's one of those guys that, um, you know, it was nice in college fantasy football because he qualified at wide receiver, but he'd also take like 10 to 15 rushes every Does game. Does he catch quarterbacks just like Matt? He doesn't catch any quarterbacks. I've never seen him do it once. Okay. So. Well, I, I just, you don't know who these players are. Now you're, you're gifted a player or two that might have some relevance. I want to talk about Noah Fant, who was somebody that um, had a series at least. And I saw a couple of the targets that went his way. But to your point, there is no more worthless game. It's truly the game you watch just to appease that football is back. Like it's about, it's played about on par as a AAF game or whatever that. Uh, That's exactly like, I got flashbacks to watching, you know, just the horrible football in the XFL and the AAF. And um, that that's kind of what it was because I had it on in the background. I had the whole game on in the background. I just didn't pay attention to it too much on Thursday night because it wasn't a good game. You know, it was uh, it was close because nobody scored. But the quarterback play was so bad. Oh, I mean, it sides. was it was horrible. I think Atlanta was 23 for 48 and Denver was 17 for 29. Now, it does take you back. I will tell you, I got a to- I mean, you as a college guy, Bogman, look at Denver's quarterback run. Brett Rippon, Kevin Hogan and Drew Locke. I mean, this is like this is a college. Uh, <laughs> this is a college relevant quarterback crew that was out here. But I don't know what a Kent Ben Kurt is. I don't Kirk know who, what that is. Kurt, Kurt Ben Kurt. Uh, he was teammates with all Alamid 
Zacchaeus uh, at sure the University was. of Virginia. The, the, so. I'm telling you, man. These are year seven in Madden franchise players. Like, these are all that these guys are. I don't know who any of these players. Like, when I saw uh, Kalfani Muhammad, I mean, he Just actually. Cal. All right, Cal, well, Muhammad. Cal Muhammad kind of had a uh, Philip Lindsay-ness to him. He actually looked yeah. pretty good. Average 7.1 yards per rush. He had seven carries, 50 yards. He did score a pretty nice looking touchdown. He didn't look that bad. He led but- the team in receiving yards, too. So did he have four catches, 24 yards? You're absolutely right. He was kind of the stud of the game, but it it truly takes you back to the AAF where it's like, oh, okay, you know, Trent Richardson signed a contract. There just there wasn't a lot of redeeming stuff, though. I will tell you, Noah Fant had we can't use the term that you like to use for hands that I always chuckle and laugh at here, (laughs) but he got hit right in those hands, meat beaters, right in those meat beaters. And he had a bad drop. And, and during the broadcast, they were like, well, Noah Fant, you know, uh, wasn't much of a guy, you know, when he first came on, a basketball player. Then he really took on, and they're going to bring him on here, you know, to be the receiving tight end. And he's really got to make these catches. And then he proceeds to just drop it right in the meat beaters. And it was drop a, it like it's hot. It was a really <laughs> bad drop. But then he, they came back to him two plays later and he was able to, uh, it was like a five yard out. He was able to get it about a yard past the first down line, right out of bounds. It was a nice looking catch. It was his only catch of the game. He was targeted three times. Um, the seven yard catch was the one he had with that one bad looking drop. But that was a guy that we could kind of walk away. I really might've been truly the only player that, any relevancy to fantasy guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there was one thing that I saw that, you know, a couple outlets were reporting on and it was that Brian Hill just looks so much better than Ito Smith. And the thought process was that I forgot Ito was in a little bit, three carries, six yards, Brian Hill, 11 carries, 57 yards. Yeah. Just 5.2 yards per carry. You know, he did have, he did have a touchdown catch to Brian Hill. So he just looked better than Ito Smith. I still think it's Edo Smith's job to lose, but this kind of seemed like it might have gone from uh, Edo Smith is directly back up. Like Ryan Hill. Or even like Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Freeman is like 1A with it. There was a thought process at a time that Edo Smith could be a 1B, where maybe it's it's a 1 situation and Hill and Edo are clear 2 fighting for. Right, right. Well, I thought, and I think the thought process was that Hill and Allison are fighting for that third back job. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I, I would honestly think that Allison would have had a little bit of the leg up because uh, he can play on special teams as well. But, uh, it, you know, with Hill playing so well and Smith looking so bad, maybe this is going to turn into some type of a battle for the number two back there. So you, you have to... Just pay attention to that a little bit. But, I mean, it was nice to have football back, you know. Uh, it's, they all, had, it's all go now. I mean, we, we are now footballed. We are officially in football. <laughs> they, they're, you know, next Thursday we have just a big slew of games on uh, Thursday. Then we have two on Friday, which the Steelers are opening up against the Bucks on Friday. I'm looking forward to that. And then Saturday there's a couple games as well. So it's uh, – it's going to be a, a fun week to watch some football and, you know, just get your beak wet with, with all of the, the stuff going on. So, well, it's officially uh, walking into fantasy season, too. I mean, I know that's weird to say, but like, yeah, you know, lots of people have the injury time. too. Well, that's this where that, that's where we were going, because, you know, everyone digests stuff in July. A lot of best ball stuff. Dynasties kind of going on. You and I just started up kind of our first one of our keeper leagues, IDP ones. We're starting to do the drafts, but. 
August is representative of so much because you're going to like people want to get those drafts in. They're going to start happening. But, you know, casualties are awaiting in week one. And then we're going to have the same old tired. Should we play the preseason games? Let's have 18 regular season. We're going to get all of that stuff because someone is about to lose their season. And the worst is when it's someone of significance that's going to, you know, just ruin all of our time. It's, you know, uh, whatever <laughs> running back or wide receiver is going to go down. And Brandon Cooks I like, is like, going to tear I don't care ACL. if Olamide Zacchaeus blows out his knee, but <laughs> if that's Freeman, uh, I'm, I'm having a bad day, Jack. I mean, you are having a bad day, to be honest <laughs> with you. You are having a bad well, day. It, it affects all of us because we have to, oh, God, now we got to go do our rankings and, yeah, uh, you know, if if something happens to Freeman, who are we moving up? Are we moving up Ito? Or are we moving up Brian Hill now? You know, the that inter- becomes way more interesting. The interesting so. one too. I'd love for there to be, and maybe there is, and I just don't know about it. I'd love to know if there's some like quantitative stuff that someone has sat down and maybe taken the last ten years of the highly successful preseason guys and what's turned into the season. And what I mean by that is, you know, you you. You have the Thomas Claytons of the world from years ago that led the, you know, led the preseason and rushing for the 49ers. But we get these guys that come in, they they go nuts in the preseason. We get hyped up and we never hear from them again. What's the data to tell us of um, these opportunities actually equating to real, real values? We've seen it. A few like Wes Welker, Zach Thomas, those are some guys that kind of jump out to me. But like, it how can't much? Be too high. It yeah. can't be too high because. If you get a guy that's probably NFL average starter versus third and fourth string, that guy is going to look incredible. You know what I mean? It's like a pitcher. It's like, you know, sticking Clayton Kershaw down in single A. You know what I mean? Maybe a guy that could eventually make the bigs could get a knock off him or something, but he's going to mow most of those guys down. It's kind of the same deal. Like, you know, if you have a guy that is he hasn't raised on the depth chart yet, but he looks good. Uh, you know, and he's just average NFL wise, but he's going up against these third and fourth string guys. He's going to look great. So, I mean, I, I think the, the biggest one in recent memory, obviously Philip Lindsay having a nice preseason. Oh, that's, a, but, that's a good one. But I mean, the last one that I remember truly coming out of absolutely nowhere uh, was probably Victor Cruz. You know, Victor Cruz oh, had a yeah. giant preseason with the Giants, and then, uh, you know, he was – no one knew who he was that I could think of, and then he just went nuts that year uh, with the Giants. So that's like, the last guy that I really, really remember having a huge preseason. And there's, like, three levels to this. There's the – take the Kalen Balaj, uh X-Kin, and Drake level, where two guys are kind of fighting for it. They're given the opportunity, almost like a Russell Wilson, too, where – the guy maybe surprisingly, you know, was worked out in ones, is given that opportunity, then bam, gets to run with it. That's the first level of preseason importance. Second level is guys that are already on everyone's radar. Perfect example, let's take a Justice Hill, you know, in Baltimore. You got, they got Mark Ingram, they got Gus the Bus, they got Kenyon, D- Kenneth uh, Dixon, but Justice Hill is someone everybody likes. He goes out, he balls out, then all of a sudden he's put in like the 1B situation. That's number two. But that was kind of one that's sitting in everybody's expectations where I wonder is, do we get to the level where this one might qualify as a Justice Hill one, too, by the way. But like take a guy that comes out of absolutely nowhere, like a, like a Darwin Thompson balls out in the preseason and supplants Damian Williams like that level of, oh, my gosh, preseason 
has completely altered a plan for everybody else that no one saw coming. Now, I know Russell Wilson has to go in there, well, too. That Russell Wilson was in the original conversation. I said kind of like Kalen uh, Balazs, like they came out the gates, they gave him it and he was able to run with it. But will we get <laughs> the version three of what I said? I'm just looking at like last year's and two years ago, um, like two years ago in 2017, Corey Grant led in rushing. Cameron Artis Payne was second. Uh, David Fluellen from Tennessee was fourth. Alfred Morris was fifth. Terrell Watson was uh, third. D.D. Westbrook led in receiving yards in his rookie year. Remember, he was going to blow up, and, and that never happened. Alex Erickson, Jakeem Grant. So, yeah, I mean, you have to go down the list uh, a while to find someone that uh, completely broke out and was amazing and then continued their success Kind of from, you know, unknown to known. I mean, Derrick Henry had a huge preseason, but he was also a first round pick. So no one was that surprised. Yeah, it would just be like, you know, Bruce Anderson getting the starting job after preseason uh, in Tampa Bay, you know, over. What are you drinking there? I heard that. Dude, I swear to God, there is a bottle three feet from me and and a bottle cap just flew off of it. Like Uh it was it's either that there's a little bit of a breeze in here. Or, it was a big officer. Or an alien. I or, had what drink? Maybe not an alien, but a ghost. That's what I'm looking for, not an alien. Maybe it's an alien ghost. Maybe it's an alien. Maybe. <laughs> but something knocked a bottle off that was not touched whatsoever. I was trying to keep my cool, but now you brought it up. I'm a little bit freaked out right now because bottle caps are flying off near me. Maybe there's an uncomfortable feeling we're talking about with the preseason. But don't go anywhere. Uh, More Bogman the Welsh coming up and maybe more ghosts, too. I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, We'll be talking more about the NFL pretty much throughout the entire show. Got a cool uh, thing in the last hour we'll talk about as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. I know how you're feeling right now. Stop it, stop it, don't do that. I'm here for you. Oh, in this league. <laughs> Season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing, and Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package with the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts team provide dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. Welcome back. plus. It's pretty good. Little little tiny jolt in there, but um, it's like an A. I appreciate that. Taking care of me. My boy taking care of me. Uh, welcome back. This is In This League. Bogman of the Welsh. Find us on Twitter at is it the Welsh at Bogman Sports. And I uh, thoroughly implore you, if you're looking for some good prep talk, make sure that you're listening to the In This League Fantasy Football podcast. It is different from this show. 
but we have some killer stuff. We did the the Hell Week, which was the rank episodes. We've got a couple mock drafts we just knocked down using both different platforms of Yahoo and ESPN. And this coming week, it's still going to be rocking. I'm um, very happy with the stuff that we've been doing. Some of our best stuff. We need more listeners. Yeah, you should be listening to that for sure. We got, like the Welsh said, uh, ranks analysis coming up. I just did... Uh, I haven't put it together, but I went through finding all the ranks last night, and that's always fun. So, always, so much fun, as in fact. Mm-hmm. So, so much, much fun. fun. Okay. It's my favorite part of the of, of doing the show, the show sheet. Sure. Is that one. So, I, I think it's an interesting conversation we're having, and I like that you threw out some of those names because we all get really excited. And I, I think for the most part, we're level headed about, you know, what we're getting into with the preseason, but, you know, you go and see a Justice Hill knock off, you know, 90 yards on eight carries. People are going to get excited. I mean, you were just saying it already. Everyone after the Hall of Fame game is like, man, Brian Hill just looks better than Edo Smith. It's a Hall of Fame game. One, <laughs> game, one game and you're calling off Edo <laughs> Smith. The the percentages and likelihood of success coming off of the preseason is super, super low. There's there's the obvious guys that are vying for jobs. That's one thing that we're looking for. But what I'm talking about is kind of the out of nowhereness. It could be um, undrafted, um, un yeah, undrafted free agents that they signed. It could be really low end rookies that are fourth or fifth on the depth chart, or there could also be signings that could be have impact that none of us give credit for. Take Theoretic, man. Theoretic just signed in Denver, and I would be curious where people are going to sit, especially after what was his name, Cal Muhammad. Yeah, Cal Muhammad looked uh, really good. I mean, Cal Muhammad yeah. looked really good, but they signed Theoretic. Where does Theoretic play in here? If what if there's a good connection? Theoretic is such a receiving back, but there was also a hope box that Philip Lindsay was going to step up a bit in the receiving game. I would worry even we did this whole bit over on uh, the ITL football podcast about the conversation around Lindsay and Freeman is maybe both get around 150 carries or touches to 175 somewhere in there. But Philip Lindsay's the guy that is at most risk to be cut in as far as touches go. You add in theoretic in the passing game, I think that hurts a little bit more if he sticks with the team, but you get preseason guys like Cal Muhammad that look pretty good. I mean, what do you think? What do you think about either one of those guys solidifying roles? Uh I mean, I think that Theoretic was signed as a third string guy. I think that it's right now, and this is just my opinion, but I think that Philip Lindsay is still by far your first draft pick if you're if you're drafting over Royce Freeman. Not worried about cost or anything like that with him. Not not really. And I don't have I don't have Lindsay super high on my list. He's not a top fifteen back or anything, even though he was a pro baller, because you do have to factor in that Royce Freeman was a high draft pick. He uh twisted his ankle mid season last year, so he didn't look great, but up to that point in the preseason, in camp, in everything, Philip Lindsay ran circles around him. So to me, he's still the better player. Royce Freeman is young. He's still developing. So you have to give him a little bit of, of time to make his own mark, of course. But I, I don't think that signing Theo Riddick brings in a three-headed monster to this yeah. This running back. And by the way, all. they still have Devontae Booker. Like we're talking about Cal Muhammad signing theoretic. They do also still have Devontae Booker, who every year he has like that one game where it just it's like, <laughs> all right, Devontae Booker. Like, Go away. Yeah. And people right? are like people feel the questions online. They're like, should I use my waiver claim on Devontae Booker? No, no you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You really you shouldn't. shouldn't. Unless they both get hurt and uh, Muhammad's gone. And so is Riddick. I mean, 
you know, I, I would say right now there's no guarantee Riddick even makes the roster. Yeah, I and think I, that I think probably that's a, will. That's a, but, key, that's a key point to look at, too, is there's no guarantees that he even truly fits the scheme because if Devontae Booker is fine or they really like what they're seeing from Cal Muhammad, Lindsey and Freeman are the core. They just cut bait on a guy like Riddick. Like, they're just opening up opportunity here with him. And also... As much as the running back position has changed a bit, they could just take a look at him and say, we're actually going to run this, quote, running back in more slot receiver packages. Another interesting note, um, just kind of going along with the Riddick thing, is, and you know how much of a proponent I've been for Matt Prieta with the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Ex- explosive player. I keep repeating this, but he had the single fastest mile per hour play in the NFL last season, but he's always hurt. But the 49ers, and it was reported by, uh, over on Roto World, they're moving him all around the field. They want to get him into spots so much so that he might be one of those guys that you actually don't worry about in the running. If they're like, hey, there's Jerick McKinnon and Tevin Coleman. Brieda is a is an absolute playmaker. They're putting him out at wide now. They're going to have him probably moving around the line as far as even just a running back and wide receiver. So what I'm getting at is the position itself is altered so much so that traditional, the quote, traditional running back tag doesn't mean these guys don't line up in the slot. Maybe the Broncos want a slot receiver for a little bit, and Theo Riddick fills that. Yeah, it's just a, it's a continuing trend in uh, not only in the uh, NFL, but NCAA is starting to do it a bunch too. There's a, kind of a three-headed monster uh, back thing going on with the Minnesota Gophers, and they had this freshman, Mo Ibrahim, who was great last season, and Rodney Smith has been the guy for them for a while, and they said they're going to start running Smith out of the slot, and he's never kind of been that guy. A guy like Reichwell Armstead with the Jaguars now last year with Temple was awful out of the slot, but they ran him there. You know, he was by far their best offensive player, so uh, they were running him out of the slot just to kind of throw things off. He was terrible, but it's something that, teams are starting to do kind of move around a guy uh, change the focus and uh, you know sometimes if your best players on the field are running backs you're starting to move them around and uh, it's just it's a smart way of doing things to uh, decoy and stuff and uh, you know that's what you see when you get more um, you know three wide receiver sets as well so yeah and these explosive players okay so you know I mean we're just kind of philosophically going through the narrative like what does preseason truly hold don't get excited about guys like, you know, Brian Hill, like pace yourselves, look for the situations that truly matter. Sure. There's a once in a, you know, once in a blue moon type of guy that's going to come out of nowhere. There's going to, you know, I'm just, again, throwing this out where it's like the Colts, they like Mac and they like Hines, but oh my gosh, Jonathan Williams looks amazing. And all of a sudden he's the starter. There's it's once in a blue moon that these happen. You right. Look right. for the situations that fill the proper narratives you want to look for guys that might take away from a flyer, which is kind of what we're talking about with, well, flyer's the wrong word, but it's what we're talking about with Theo Riddick versus uh, Freeman and Lindsay. Like, could this new guy be a uh, negative factor to those? Then you look at situations that make it very interesting, like Dallas picking up Alfred Morris. And they had <laughs> Darius Jackson, Tony Pollard, Mike Weber they drafted. They had a, some guys, nobody that jumps out to you. But then they bring in Alfred Morris among all of the Ezekiel Elliott issues, which are now now closely starting. At least the chatter is that he might be sitting out for a while, which he's going to lose a lot of money and eligibility on his contract. And they got an insurance policy. There's no way to not look at Alfred Morris as a Dallas Cowboys insurance policy. 
Right. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that let me let me ask you, do you if you agree with me or not? I know that the uh, August 6th is a deadline for him to lose a year of eligibility, correct? Yeah. OK, so and, and I don't think the team can be like, no, he's good. He can have the eligibility back. Like, I don't No, I think they can't. And, and oh, they can I, give I, it in to fact, him. I'm sure they can. So I think they would waive that if he came back afterwards. So I, I don't think that that's a hard and fast deadline. I'd be curious if that's true. I'm not sure if it that's is. true. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm like 98% sure that they can waive that. Is this, so, is this like as sure as like Mike Trout doesn't do the home run derby because he told you? Or is yeah. this like real? No, no. Zeke told me. And so did Roger oh, okay. Uh, You're in Mexico. You're in Mexico. Yeah. I gotcha. No, but I think that if he does play this year, then he doesn't lose a year of eligibility. Well, no, the contract. whole point is if he doesn't show up for camp by August 6th, he loses eligibility and he can start being uh, fined. The team can obviously waive all the fines, but I don't know if yeah, they, but can they can give also, back But also if he plays, he's not going to be docked a year. So if he plays, he's going to be fine. So I don't think that that is kind of a, it, it's a narrative right now that it does need to be looked at because it is the deadline, but I also don't think it's hard and fast. And if he doesn't show up by the six, this is all over with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he can show up in week three, but you know, our temperature, you know, taking our temperature on this last week is way different than it is this week. It's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, when you put a pot, uh, a pot on uh, the stove and wait for the water to boil, like, okay, it's going to take a little bit for this to warm up. But I think we're starting to see things here. We're seeing the bubbles start to show. Yeah, the bubbles are starting to come up just a little bit because, you know, Jerry Jones had his comments about you don't have to have a league leading rusher to win the Super Bowl, which, by the way, <laughs> every single time they have had a league leading rusher or every time they won a Super Bowl, Emmett led the league in yeah, rushing. That's so. actually they've only won Super Bowls. <laughs> with league. Well, I shouldn't say that in the last 30 years. But. You're right. In the Jerry Jones era. Isn't absolutely. it funny that Jerry Jones turns into G-Dub for us? <laughs> well, you know, uh, it's just you get that kind of twangy, you know. I mean, uh, I think Jerry Jones has a little bit more twang than uh, GW. That's has, a pretty but, good. That's a pretty good Jerry. But, uh, you know, I, I think that we do not have to have Ezekiel Elliott down here uh, working to win ourselves a Super Bowl. We've got Dak. We've got Amari. I think we're going to be good with these rookies that we drafted and Tony Pollard, Mike Weber. We got Alfred Boris back. Uh, I think we're ready for our Super Bowl run. We're here on the Fantasy Sports Radio <laughs> Network with Jerry Jones, Cowboys <laughs> owner. <laughs> I mean, you say this and then. Well, they, so let me give you some advice okay. here. All right. If uh, you're in a women's restroom, with yeah, don't let ladies, cameras in there. Do not let them pull their phones out. Okay, uh, well, thank you. That Jerry. is just a suggestion. And also, uh, I didn't learn this lesson personally, but from my friend, uh, do not go to any massage parlor. Uh, very, very. You, I mean, it's it's a good class of uh, knowledge you have. But getting back to it, sure, they could easily cut bait on Alfred Morris, but they go get Alfred Morris. Then what happens when they go like they make a trade for Lashawn McCoy? You know, I always assign that, the Sean McCoy I mean, off. I mean, that's the telling sign now when something boiling, like that happens. Now the water's boiling. You're you're ready to, uh, you know, put your pasta in. You're good to go. Yeah, you can't touch so. that thing without a mitt at this point. Right, exactly. And then you so. worry your ass off about drafting Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, where no one's doing it right now. Our boy Pizapia was in one of these drafts. It was like the, the this Razball one, and he took Ezekiel Elliott one overall. So much he wasn't worried. And we've had... Multiple guests over on uh, the Fantasy Black Book podcast on Fantrax. We've had guests. We've said it. No worries. Well, we're now in August. Um, the The narrative is getting conti- increasingly more negative. It's not. It's still not Melvin Gordon. It's still not this level. 
but it's starting to become early Melvin Gordon talk, which gets you worried. I'm telling you, the minute that the week week one of the preseason starts to go, if he's not there by August 6th, I would be worried about it. It, it just it has to be some type of a concern as the narrative is nothing but negative. And, and what you have to watch for is just what we're talking about. Is Alfred Morris getting reps out there? Do they make a trade? Does a, does a team like the Bills after week one know that LaShawn McCoy is done? We're going with Devin Singletary. They cut him and the Cowboys bring him in. Those type of moves are going to be the things that are telling so until they do get a Zeke for Melvin Gordon flip, let's do that. I know, actually, I was thinking like Cowboys trade for Melvin Gordon and then all well, hell what difference slips. would it make? I mean, yeah. they're both they're both holding out because the team won't pay them. contractually. No. Yeah. You almost wonder, do you think those two could be affecting each other because they both want to be the highest paid? And it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. who gets to be the highest paid? Like, it's almost like both teams are waiting for the other one to sign so they don't get into a big kerfuffle. It's just a weird, stupid thing I'm thinking about. But I'm just telling you. Ezekiel, I really hope your drafts are late because I need, I need seven more days you, of information on well, Ezekiel but, Elliott to feel better. Well, what if you're drafting on Sunday tomorrow? What if you're drafting on Monday? What if you're drafting, uh, you know, whatever on Wednesday? Uh, if you're drafting this second, is Zeke still the number two pick for you, or are you avoiding that scenario? I mean, I will tell you with a little <laughs> bit more of the increased stuff. If I had the fourth, if I had the third pick. I would be taking Kamara or McCaffrey if I was in a full PPR. That's just what I would do right Wait, now. It, well, I'm sorry. Excuse me. With what pick? Second or third pick. Like I'm not okay. taking. I'm not taking Elliott with the top Zeke three. Zeke goes picks. to four. So yeah. I mean, I probably so it, bite that. <laughs> if you're sitting at four, or Todd Gurley. <laughs> if you're sitting at four, and uh, the you know people make the same decision that you would make. And they take uh, McCaffrey and then Kamara and then you're at four and yeah. you can take Zeke or you can take Todd Gurley. What are you doing at that point? I don't think I'm worried enough to go crazy because like the top four is a tier. So right. I, I'm trying I'm trying to be um, I'm trying to be sane here and realistic with everybody. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to spread mass fear, but there's an we've have enough of a background to be concerned about these things. Are we at the point where he still has multiple days to show up? The Cowboys love him. Jerry Jones is going to get him paid. All of these type of things. Is it enough that you dump him out of tier yet? No, it's not. So if I was drafting Tuesday or Monday, I might just alter the tier and just be like, hey, listen, man, Kamara, I'm good. Um, I'm Even though they have the stupid Saints have been digging around at other running backs, which I don't like. And then McCaffrey, you know, the new news we had on McCaffrey was they don't want to limit his touches. They just want to limit his um, plays. His plays. So that yeah. that's it. the narrative seems fine. So I may, I'll just move him to the bottom of the tier. So if I'm at three, I just take the guy that I know what I'm getting into. At four, I'm keeping him in the same tier if I draft this week. Now, next week, if I'm drafting next Saturday or Sunday, and this is in, I feel like we will have a lot more solid information that – will have our, us concerned if he's not in camp. And that's where that's where the falls are going to start happening, even if it's just a little bit. Yeah, it's just uh, it just sucks if you're drafting, you know, and even if you're not doing, you know, like a real draft, you're doing a best ball draft. How far down can you possibly let both those? I mean, see, best ball, yes. I'm probably less prone to do it. I'm going to take more like you home take run the risk. risk. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. More gamble for a home run. Absolutely. It's just. It's a tough decision to make because we might be sitting on the precipice of young running backs holding out. Sure. This might be the new way to go about getting yourself a deal 
And that's what Bell did. Well, I, and, I would like to see a Bell for Zeke trade, something like that. I mean, and what's so interesting about it, too, is it's, it's almost the running backs version of pushing back as the NFL has went away from the workhorse, which is going to allow these players to get paid because they have they accumulate massive stats. And now teams are out running uh, two or three running backs in a system, which makes them less valuable. And they are I mean, they, their value has diminished by the, the sheer amount of running backs that they're putting out there. So what are the core guys doing and the big guys? They're holding out for their money and they're going to put their feet down. It's a really interesting uh, battle that's probably going to go into some, you know, like the bargaining agreement issue. But don't go anywhere. When we come back, let's actually dig into what week one of the preseason is going to look like. Look at some matchups, maybe a few things to be on the lookout for. So don't go anywhere. More Bogman of the Welsh right here on In This League coming up. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they used to make. In this league. I'm the smartest guy in the world. Says who? IQ test you took in prison. Brought to you by Carl Jr. Welcome back. This is in this league right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Podcasting, streaming live, Bogman and the Welsh. We are here for you. Final segment of Hour One. Pretty much all football because... Football's back in our life, man. But, you know, and I'll tell you, I need I didn't realize how much more I needed football until I accepted my addiction. And you know what my addiction is, Bogman, besides food and <laughs> having proper fitting clothes? Uh, I don't know what your addiction is. I have inappropriate things to say, but I'll keep them to myself. That's yeah, radio. Nice guy. Keep it. Yeah. PC. Yeah, we'll keep it good. My addiction is. Having back to back to back binge watching, I really just just say binge watching is my addiction. <laughs> and so you hate it when it comes up and it says, "Are you still enjoying whatever?" And you're like, "Yes, yeah." Netflix, thank you. I'm still a fat ass sitting here watching this. So I hate. Well, I hate more though, saying that is realizing that I finished a series. So what I'm getting at here is like. I need football. I need these Thursday and the Friday preseason. I need these things because I had this moment uh, last night where I had just finished The Boys on Amazon, which you and I are incredible. We are just all about this show. We did uh, over on our Patreon. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL Army. We do a couple secret shows a month, you know, just talking about whatever comedy stories, weird stuff. We want to make you laugh. The last 15 minutes. Of the most recent one over on Patreon, we talked about the boys because that show is, I mean, it's phenomenal. And it's amazing, too, that it's like the first one of Amazon to get like that that Netflix buzz. You know, where the stupid, what was the the bird eye or the blind bird or uh, bird box? Bird box. Bird box. Yeah. Like, you know, Netflix got the bird box chatter where everyone's talking about it. Well, Amazon finally got that. And it's with the boys. 
Yeah, and the boys way better than stupid Bird Box. Well, so. Bird Box was just, <laughs> Bird Box was terrible. It was nothing but hype. That was a horrible movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I love binge watching stuff. I do have a problem at this point in the year when I'm making all of these rankings and lists and uh, you know getting prepped for all this stuff. I have a hard time putting something that I need to focus on a ton on in the background. The The boys was nice because it's eight episodes now. Yeah. So that is not 20 episodes or anything. So I keep rewatching the same stuff that I've watched before. You know, um, I'm not I a rewatcher. Re- I, I can't because I don't, I don't have enough time to like watch TV in general and you know, kids and the amount of podcasts we do about how you love binge watching, but you don't have time to watch TV. No, no, but here's Make what I'm saying. Mind. But what, what is- I'm saying is, is I, I have a limited amount of time and that limited amount of time is is dedicated to series like I, I what I'm saying is I don't go back and watch stuff I'm not like oh, I'll just go back and watch like Breaking Bad and I'll just watch some office no the time that I get I want to consume new stuff because it's usually one or two episodes of something at night while I'm you know I've just finished up everyone's asleep and I probably should be going to bed but I don't and I finished the boys and I had this realization I got nothing like nothing <laughs> I, I've watched the shows uh, Netflix has some new show with I don't remember her name, Kate something. Remember from Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. McKinnon. Kate Sackoff. No, I think that's her name. Oh, Katie Sackoff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like some new sci-fi. It looks crazy. I was like, oh, this looks good. Rotten Tomatoes, six percent. Can you imagine a Netflix show getting six percent? I feel like it would have to be like the guys from Workaholics make a sci-fi show. I, that like, would I can't imagine like twenty six percent. Or it'd be like, you know, the people that did Star Trek writing a comedy, you know, uh, I mean, some of those things uh, overcross, you know, I mean, uh, David Benioff, D.B. Wise worked on Always Sunny. You no, know? this show is uh, Katie Sackoff. And then um, who's the, the guy from uh, what's my Showtime show that I love? Showtime show. Oh, Shameless. Yeah. Who, who's the, the boyfriend for the first couple? Oh, uh, Jimmy Steve. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy Steve. It Jimmy Steve and Kate Sackoff are the main characters in this show, and they gave it a 6%. Man, what is it, just like a Battlestar Galactica ripoff? I don't know. Now I, now I almost want to watch it because it's listed so bad. I don't know. I know. I kind of do, too. It's, no, it's some like, I don't know. They got to go into space. Some aliens show up. Uh, they got to go into space to figure out what's going on. It's just like some big sci-fi world-saving apocalyptic type of show. How does that get that bad? of? So that was my plan. But then I realized it was so bad and I had nothing. I was just desperately trying to figure stuff out. I just didn't have the show to go to. But then the realization came back that football's here and the NFL network will rerun all the preseason games every single night and all the regular season. and It'll just never stop. So anytime you need to go to something, you can just go drop on and you can watch some football. You could do some studying. It just, we, I need more content. I'm addicted. <laughs> no, I, I'm with that. But I think that, uh, they might be doing the bit where, you know, like uh, like Fox Sports Arizona, if the Suns and Diamondbacks are playing at the same time, you know, like on if you're a direct TV uh, customer, it'd be like 212 and then 212-1. Yeah. So you would have to watch. I think they're doing that for the NFL network with the preseason games. I think they'll have their regular, you know, NFL total access and all that stuff. But then on the other channel, they're going to be running the games. So. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that would be really nice because I do get tired of like just a 15 hour block of preseason games where, you know, you want to see three series of, you know, Josh Allen or That's whoever. True. 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or whoever. Uh, what was our guy earlier? Brian Hill. Yeah. Olamita Zacchaeus. Yeah, Olamita so Zacchaeus. I got to see him. Um, all right. Well, let, we're going to do something. I think it'll be fun and interesting here. We're going to take a look at all the upcoming games. And we're going to coincide it with uh, an article that Bogman found from Fantasy Pros. And this is, isn't this from our boy, Mike Taglier? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's from Taglier. Yep. So Taglier put this article together that is a sleeper on each team. So we can kind of add that to the conversation as we look into the preseason games and just kind of, you know, we can go through what we're looking forward to, the battles we might care about. Obviously, the first preseason game, it's not, it's not, too far off from the um, from Hall, of the Fame Hall of Fame game, so it's, yeah. it's a limited. But you, you can't say though, it is the opportunity for the lower guys. This is it's one better of the than biggest. week four. You know, week four is the worst. Yeah. Uh, that's because they don't want anybody to get hurt. Week three is a dress rehearsal. Week four is just like the Hall of Fame. Well, in week so. four, also a good point to throw out uh, the difference here is week four. The decisions on the roster have been made essentially, like maybe like some special teams bench spot. Week one. There is like I was laid out that uh, scenario before, a guy like a Justice Hill or a Darwin Thompson or whatever. You know, you go blazing out in week one. That actually might give you more of an opportunity in week two. Then all of a sudden you could be vying for week three. So as much as yeah, we're not going to get the big dogs crazy here. If there's a week, I think that has the importance of setting the tone for a guy that might be looked at in a bigger role. This might be the week because they might get a little bit more playing time. So. The first game we have is the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills. And how about this news, Bogman? The Colts on Friday worked out <laughs> your boy, Brandon Marshall. Yeah, Brandon Marshall. Uh, I, and this is, uh, you know, Devin Funches has impressed them so much that they are working out Brandon Marshall, who's retired. So It's uh, actually hard I, to not I, look I, at it that way, too, because I was, was going to make a joke is. about, like, Paris Campbell or something, but like Brandon Marshall really only fits whatever scenario they're using with Devin Funches. Like those are the same two type of body type guys. And it just really doesn't make a ton of sense to me either because they have some guy, you know, they drafted Paris Campbell. Uh, they have T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Devin Funches is supposed to play across from him, but Chester Rogers yeah. is a nice slot receiver. Deion Kane, they drafted in the Didn't sixth they, they round. Like Deion. I thought Deion Kane was a pretty popular um, That's what I thought, too. Yeah. And Zach Pascal and Zach Pascal. And then uh, Doris Fountain was huge at the senior bowl last year. They drafted him and a guy like uh, Penny Hart. They picked up from free agency out of Georgia State is uh, Steve I, Ishmael. Is that my rocket? Uh, Steve Ishmael. No, no, no. Oh, rocket rocket Junior plays for Wyoming. Oh, so, okay. uh, no, Steve Ishmael went to Syracuse. Well, that's why they so. need Brandon Marshall. They don't have a uh, rocket Ishmael. Right, right. So, I mean, I guess if. Brandon Marshall really wants to play and he wants to uh, play with a guy like Andrew Luck. I guess. I just don't know how much still this have makes it? sense. Brandon Marshall so, still have it. I mean, you no. here's the deal. I can't quit Josh Gordon. You can't quit Brandon Marshall. If he has I on can, a roster, you're dra- no, you will own him this year if he's on the roster. I, look, I probably own him in a super deep league. Like we're drafting this IDP league with, you know, all kinds of extra bench spots and stuff. I might take a flyer. At the okay. end, you know, maybe a 16 man, possibly look, a 12. Man, I don't know. 10 we, man league. Maybe when we were doing eight man league, when we were doing, <laughs> um, you know, the wide receiver facts, we were reading off, you know, oh, this guy and that guy since 2010, blah, 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 blah. And Brandon Marshall was in a bunch of those stats. Yeah, sure. From so, 2010, nine years ago. 
Yeah, but it was also guys that were playing in the NFL right now, like Michael Thomas. It was like since 2010 in a four-year span, blah, 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 blah. And Brandon Marshall was in there. So he's he has the name. And by the way, I think Larry Fitzgerald came in the league before Brandon Marshall. And, you know, he's still going strong. I mean, I know he's a freak, but yeah, a little different. Uh, he, he's still going strong. But, I mean, it's, it's you know... And Mike Gillisley visited there, too. And I'm not running out to go pick either one of these guys. I think it's just worried about uh, Marlon Mack a little bit to. to, Well, Marlon Mack, I've always said I don't he's fine. Like he's a little bit better than a Jag, but he's like Jordan Howard to me. He's uh, a running back that's in a really good situation. So I think this had more to do, by the way, with Spencer Ware being moved to the pup. Right. And, and and probably for him, uh, I just don't get the, the Brandon Marshall thing, but Hey, you know, if he makes it, he makes it. But the sleeper that, that, uh, Mike has is Paris Campbell Mm. and it's, uh, his ADP right now is 141 overall. Devin Funches is on a one year deal and Paris Campbell just took so much out of the slot at Ohio state. He basically only ran out of the slot. Now I like him if he gets a ton of run, but we also, you know, well, didn't we that, do this? Didn't we do the yes, facts that Chester yes. Rogers ran 90%? Most, yeah. It was, I wasn't at the most plays out of the slot that was, anyone else. It wasn't in the, the NFL? most. It was the highest percentage. Okay. The most so highest if percentage. he's on the field, he's almost always running out of the, the slot. So, and they have all these other guys and Naheem Hines runs out of the slot too. And that's kind of why I've been, I like Paris Campbell in a keeper league. I think he's going to develop, but for this season, I don't know that I'm in on Campbell as too much of a sleeper. I mean, Maybe like you said, in a you know, in a best ball, when you're looking for a home run, he could be a nice addition. But can he be a guy that plays on the outside? Because to your point here, I got to be honest with you, I think it's going to be a really difficult time for Paris Campbell to be able to break if he's got to be a slot receiver. Because I think Chester Rogers is going to be that guy. I think he's going to lock into that guy. So that it kind of is starting to come down to Paris Campbell versus Devin Funches to me. Yeah, um, I, I just don't think he can run outside. You know, maybe he develops that a little more in camp. But, uh, you know, from the, the film that I watched out of Ohio State, and this is kind of why, you know, Haskins was so good. You run uh, Terry McLaurin on the fly, and here comes Paris Campbell against these, you know, guys that are going to be you know, working at a grocery store playing linebacker for whoever. And uh, he's just so fast. He burns right past them, but getting off a jam and all that stuff, I'm not lining him up outside if I don't have to. So Paris Campbell probably needs to stay in the slot. So I think he's just going to be limited this season. And I'm trying to look here. I'm seeing if I can find this. I want to find who ran the most five, four wide receiver sets in the NFL. How would I find that? I'm looking on some different things here because probably the Raiders because they were always losing. Well, but it's also something <laughs> that is absolutely in the wheelhouse of what um, of what the Colts are going to do with the amount that they pass the ball. So, I mean, they also are going to be out there with uh, the multi tight end sets, which is something you know you have to consider. But okay, let me see here. I think I might have offensive. Oops, this is from SharpFootballStats.com. And this is 2018 Indianapolis. Let's see. Three wide receiver, two wide receiver, one wide receiver. Four, Pittsburgh. four wide out. It doesn't look like they were on a 0% type of thing. It looks like the one, two. This is kind of hard to read how they're doing this. <laughs> now, they did. It looks like 
they were at the top of five wide receiver sets in the okay. NFL because I'm looking here and it looks like there's it, 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 the percentages. I'm not sure I 100% understand here um, on how they're doing it, though I understand percentages. It's just not, oh, you know, now it's equaling up a little bit. They had um, the only teams to be in the 1% range of overall plays that ran five wide receiver sets were Arizona, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh, Boggs. Yeah. Those would be the. I knew Pittsburgh would be up there. Yeah, so. and they were the most, by the way, it looks like. Indianapolis and uh, Pittsburgh were the most on the, the five wide receiver sets. And I'm only making that a thing to consider for if Paris Campbell needs to go that route. As I'm looking here, Indianapolis did not run four wide receiver sets. That does not look like that is a part of their uh, game plan as I'm going through this. They did run 70% of their uh, offensive personnel groups as three wide receivers. And that looks like 77, 70%. There was one, two, three, only three teams ran three wide receiver sets as much as them. The Rams, no shocker, Cincinnati, (laughs) and Indianapolis. Those are the only 70% or higher three personnel groups. Yeah, the Rams did it because that's what they do, and the Bengals did it because they were always losing. So, I mean, that's just kind of how that stuff works. So, Paris Campbell... No, not running out of the slot. I just don't see it happening for him. So uh, I do that. But that is what makes him a sleeper. You know, if he uh, if if he wins that role and kind of pushes Naheem Hines out of it and Chester Rogers over to the bench, which you would think he eventually does because he's a second round pick uh, that then he's going to be very, very good. I just don't know if that's going to be his rookie season. That's all. Uh, They're playing the Bills, right? You said the Bills. They're playing the Bills. Yeah, and by the way, so the more that we're talking about this, I remember when the draft happened being excited about uh, Paris Campbell. I feel Me less too. excited about him. Me too. Now going yeah, into the yeah. season. So I think you and I both might be both might be a little bit out as a sleeper. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I don't think I'll own many shares of him. Unless Chester uh, Rogers fails and if if he takes over, I'll tell you this, if Paris Campbell were to take over that slot role over Chester Rogers, then I'm in because it's the, but Hines is still there too. That's my that's thing. That's like a great point. You have Hines, Rogers, and Campbell. They're all three going to be taking snaps out of the slot. So it's just going to be messy this year. I think Paris Campbell at the end of the year has the most snaps out of the slot for the Colts. I'll say that. But I don't know if that's because he has 36%, and, you know, then Hines has 32%, and then, you know, whoever else has the rest of them, however it's broken up, or if it's. You know, oh, no, no, no. Paris Campbell ran 68% out of the, the slot, and then everybody else was sprinkled in. So I, if I have to pick a role for a rookie, I'm going to pick the lower role. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's all well, I'm saying. We'll be burning a little bit more through this because we can't, I mean, though we, we chatted a little bit at the top. We I want to talk about Paris Campbell more. I know. We won't be doing a whole segment on one team. Otherwise, we won't even get through it in the show. But we do have to go to break. On the other end of the hour, the whole hour is going to be dedicated to talking about what uh, the preseason week one looks like and detaching these sleepers and seeing where we're at with them. Lots of concentration on Paris Campbell, but I think it was a good conversation because the name value was still there, but maybe you and I are out. So don't go anywhere. More Bogland Welsh coming up in the hour two of In This League.